Why are parents forcing transgenderism on a six-year-old? Should that hoe over there owe taxes? And was I wrong about the invasion of migrants? This is episode 11 of the Classical Liberal Podcast. Your tears are delicious and your parties will die. I'm telling you, he says what I'm thinking. That Rothbard libertarian, that Jefferson libertarian, you know I'm not best in libertarians. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. and take back the White House. Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Shaw. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys being here as always. Every week, typically I release on Mondays, but I had to had to step back for a minute and rethink my process. A lot of you guys sent me some emails about how much you enjoy the show and what things you guys would like to see. So I kind of just took a day back to kind of make some new commercials, make some new segments, and released a day late just so I can add it in. So you guys might hear a little bit of different things going on in the show, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best since you guys are giving me all the love. Thank you for some of you guys who donated over this past week and of course spread the show out. I appreciate you guys so, so much. We have a really great show for you guys today, um, but before we get into the show, you know, I like to kind of just talk and, and just hang out with you guys before we get into the news, you know what I'm saying? Had a really great Thanksgiving, I hope you guys did as well. Uh, I worked pretty much, did nothing, read up on some uh, political things that are happening and, uh, and catching up on some things. I did an interview on Sounds Like Liberty with Nikki P and Lizzie, guys and Liz. Um, guys, I had such a fun time on that show. If you guys haven't heard of Sounds Like Liberty, look them up. They're pretty much everywhere that I'm on, SoundCloud, Podbean, all that stuff. Uh, and look them up on Facebook. It was a fun episode. They, they, we, we have to talk about a whole bunch, because it's, it's, it's a music show, you know, and they also talk about politics, and they kind of mix the two in, and they do it in such a way that many podcasters, like, you know, I, I, I can't explain to you. Just listen to the show. I've, I've been actually keeping up with their stuff um, this past couple weeks up to the interview, and of course, I'm going to keep listening afterwards, but just my little podcast recommendation of the week, Sounds Like Liberty, check them out, um, the episode with me will be on on Wednesday, but you listen to me all the time when you're here, so go listen to some of the other episodes and check that out, check out some of their other stuff, and um, I guarantee that you'll like it, but before we get into the news today, I wanted to talk about uh, something that popped up on Facebook. So a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Tom Arnold, he's a really good friend of mine here in Tennessee, uh, a guy that I have learned from and that I've met, uh, you know, Liberty Claws, as some people may find him on the interwebs. Uh, he posted a, he posted on the other day uh, about whether or not classical liberals should be considered status. And, and of course, you know, a lot of us classical liberals, um, we, 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 a lot of times, a lot of us live in the party and live in the realm of the libertarian party, right? Um, and I know I do, even though, you know, many of us are not all about parties or more about the candidate, um, should classical liberals be considered status? And of course my answer is absolutely. We should be considered status completely. Classical liberals do not want the state to be gone. No, we want to fix the government. We want to limit the government, right? I mean, come on, guys. Let's let's be serious, right? Let's let's start out the show by being extremely serious. And all my ANCAP friends and and all that, you know, think to yourself just for a moment. Do you really think in the real world today, with all the things that we have going on, not including our country, but other countries, that you will find anarchy here in America? Do you think in your lifetime? in your children's lifetime, in your children's children's lifetime, in their children's children's lifetime, do you really expect to see anarchy? I mean, have you not been paying attention to the world around you? So the state will not be gone. The state will continue to live. But the question is, how far are we, are, are we going to allow the state to interject in our lives? 
how far are we willing to let the state take control of the world? And I believe where classical liberals stand is basically we want a government, but we want it to be limited. We want the people to have the power, right? We want people to say what they like and what they don't like about their government and be able to change it through a process, a, a, a fair process, such as voting, which we can all work on the voting system. I wish we could, I wish we would legislate more things like ranked choice voting and other things like that. But as from a classical liberal standpoint, yes, we are considered status in the ANCAP and anarchist world. All right. I'm sorry. There will not be there. There, there will always be a state unless something crazy happens, economic crash or, you know, a nuclear war where all this somehow all the states are, are gone or something or something that dramatic. Anarchy will not come. And I'm not saying anarchy is a, uh, you know, is, is a source of just mass destruction and killing. Um, in, in some instances, anarchy can be good. And in some instances, it can be extremely bad, which we have to take both things into factor. And those two things with anarchy won't happen. Not in this day and age and, and not for a very long time to come. So I'm sorry, my anarchist friends, if I disagree with you. And I'm sorry if I am labeled as a status. I want a government. I want a limited government. I want a government that helps and provides for the people. I want a government that stays out of most affairs and it's only the middleman uh, to get things done and to, of course, talk to our foreign actors outside of the United States, right? I believe there should be laws. I believe there should be a military. I believe there should be law enforcement. I, but I also believe that there is some kind of corruption in the government and it's up to us the people to fix it not just say oh let's abolish this oh let's abolish that oh you're you're not morally right to govern me so i don't believe you and i'm not i'm gonna still live in the same this the same state but i don't believe that you're this just and that crap and i'm not gonna do anything about it i'm not gonna vote because it's immoral or because you don't have the power over me you know all that you know the anarchist talking points and I, and I said this multiple times before when it comes to uh, anarchists and ANCADs and, and people who, who speak like that. That one, realistically, your ideas are, won't happen. And I'm sorry they won't happen. But I'm happy for your knowledge because many anarchists are extremely smart. My God, I know, I know so many of them that are just would be such a great asset to help push the liberty movement and make legislate and make, you know, good legislation for people. Um, that, you know, limits the government, but they don't want to because of course they, they're on their high horse walking around and waving dildos and, 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 and running campaigns on a libertarian party, making a libertarian party look like a bunch of idiots. So, you know, classical liberals are a status and we should be proud of it. And we should be trying our best to bring back the government power and make sure that the government is limited as possible and changing the laws that hurt our people and that that takes away our freedom and liberty. And, I, and that's just that's just my personal opinion. You know, I, and I won't even go as far as, you know, so, like Hobbes, you know, I, and I think Hobbes was a little bit too far, even though I, I like some of his work. I know he he wanted to he says that, you know, people should be governing, you know, the government should, you know, of course, govern the people and they shouldn't, we should always listen to them. I disagree with that. And I know a lot of people are going to go back to use that against me with Hobbes and stuff like that. Cause I, I like some of his work, but I understand I'm not as far fetched as him. He's, he, he was totally about, you know, the government being in complete control and the people not having a way, uh, to, uh, change the government only, you know, being that kind of horrendous person, uh, and that Leviathan like he was speaking about, which is still one of my favorite books to learn from, but I wouldn't go as far as him, right? I wouldn't want to use the government and say that the government should have ultimate power and the people should always listen. That's not the case. I, I'm on the reversal side. I think that we should be able to say, hey, government, we don't like this. Hey, we disagree with this. We want to change this. Hey, you're overreaching in sectors and, and, and places in our society where you shouldn't be involved at. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying that we can fix it. I'm saying I am very, very optimistic that we can fix it, that we can take and uh, take these people out 
that are currently in power, take them out, vote them out and, and, and change the legislation. But it does take time and it takes people who wants to do this and people that are on the anarchist side who are extremely smart, who knows, who knows their shit. They won't help us because they live on this high horse and they live in a fantasy just like people in socialism they live in this fantasy of a world that will never happen that will never happen so yes classical liberals are status yes i think you should be happy to be a status that wants to change the government that wants to limit it and wants to fight to make sure the government is not overreaching and not just abolish government because abolishing everything isn't going to fix the solution. is isn't going to fix the problem. It's not a real solution um, in, in most cases. And we should really rethink um, rethink our stances uh, when it comes to, you know, anarchists and stuff like that. And as I said before, I don't think they're all dumb. I don't think all anarchists are dumb. Not even close. But I do think where they're trying to head and how they put themselves out on the internet and when they're campaigning is just just so so horrible but let's get to the news hey there folks welcome to the news segment brought to you by recuro.org that's right recuro.org liberty loving website that you will find all your liberty podcast articles and much more this segment is brought to you by them so why not check them out at recuro.org you'll find them there and you'll find me there as well Sanders says he will probably run in 2020 if he's the best candidate to beat Trump. So, guys, I am I'm I'm actually kind of happy about this because maybe Trump will get the opponent he's supposed to get. Because if you guys don't remember from the 2016 election, of course, Hillary Clinton was the bee's knees. She was the jam on toast, man. She was the women's leader leading the way to be the first lady president. And the Democratic Party wasn't having no no contest that would actually be a real contest. Obviously, it was all just a little bit of a party and a little bit of a show to put on for its lovely patriots and uh, show that, you know, Hillary Clinton is the best choice so senator bernie sanders uh has recently been cited saying that he's probably going to run if he's the best choice he says i'm not one of those one of those sons of millionaires make sure make sure you forget don't forget to say that whose parents told them that they were going to become president of the united states he says i don't wake up in the morning with any burning desire to have to be president and you know (laughs) uh, you know mr bernie and all my Bernie bros out there, you know, I hope you guys get your second, uh, your second go at it. Because I mean, even though Hillary Clinton is planning on running again, or is, or has been looking to run again to try to go get the Democratic nomination for president, whether or not she'll get it is is up in the air. But if Bernie Sanders decides to go for it and gets it. That will be a sight to see. I would actually, I, I would, I would really have to figure out if I'm going to bet on this or not, because <laughs> simply because that I, I honestly think, honestly, and some people, some people aren't going to like this. Some people are going to be really pissed off that I said this, especially my my Trump friends. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna be like, "What the hell, Alex?" But I, I truly think, I truly think that Bernie Sanders could have beat Donald Trump. Like, it, I think it would have been really, really close. Like, it would have been seriously close. I think Trump would, Trump's gonna, you know, even though I think Trump can go on stage and, you know, and kind of destroy Bernie Sanders, not necessarily with an intelligent comment or intelligent debate, but more of roughing him up, uh, using, you know, culture wars and, and, and kind of culturistic style combat, uh, of a debate, you know, hitting on, you know, really random things, uh, you know, things like that. You guys get what I'm saying, but, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm mad about this. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I think I'm happy that, that he's thinking about re-challenging this because I don't really see any really other democratic stars that has enough backing to, 
beat Trump. And I definitely think the Bernie bros and, and, and Bernie supporters, I think if he runs again, it's going to be real, real, real this time. And I mean, like they're going to, they're going to be kicking ass. That's what I think. But to end this in this little part, he, Bernie mentioned that he wanted to make sure that when he makes a decision, uh, he says, he says, uh, and I want to make sure that when I make that decision, if I decide to run, that I have concluded, in fact, that I am the strongest candidate who can defeat defeat Trump. And at this point, I honestly think he is the strongest candidate to defeat Trump. I mean, Cory Booker's not going to do it. Uh, Avanti, he, he, he thought about it. He's not going to do it. If Hillary comes back, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's like that SpongeBob meme. What did we tell you last time, old man? <laughs> you know, I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think Bernie will be the strongest contender if he decides to go into the race and we'll, we'll find out. It's going to be a nice, nice little treat. Oh, the greatness of Trump's tariff war with China. GM General Motors announced 14,000 layoffs because of this new imposed tariffs from Trump, which the company has claimed that that's not the reason. But let's get into the story first. So as you guys know, Trump's little tariff war uh, basically put tariffs on steel and aluminum that has increased prices for many American manufacturers, including car makers. Followed by those tariffs, he also targeted other Chinese goods, such as car parts, which many of our parts in our cars here in America are from China and Japan and other regions such as that. So now GM has announced that since, you know, because they announced earlier this year in July that because of these tariffs, they would cost them about $1 billion in tariffs alone for the company. And now they're saying that they must cut, they must lay off 14,000 people and shutting down several factories, several factories. Oh, you got two plants in Michigan, one in Maryland, one in Ontario, Canada. These plants, these plants are being targeted and going to be closed very soon. And it's kind of crazy to think, right? Because Trump spent a lot of time on, on the campaign trail in 2016 and 2000. 15 and onward up upward to the president presidential election ranting about how he's going to ramp up the economy how he's going to defend the people uh you know the hard-working companies here and, and give them a break and make sure that they are prospering and and doing great and don't have to run to other countries to hide from t- for tax evasions and and stuff like that but then he gets becomes president and plays hardball with china and thinks that tariffs are going to make uh, the economy better and, and bring China to the table, which so far it has not brought China to the table, except sending him a letter, uh, which we talked about in a couple episodes back, uh, about their demands and what they would want to see, uh, in another trade agreement, but nothing has been done. And since nothing has been done, our companies here in America are getting hit and hit hard. So with 14,000 people being announced that they will be getting laid off, I'm sure General Motors is looking for another bailout, but I don't know if that is going to happen. General Motors said uh, said that this is not a direct line from Trump's tariffs. Uh, said the automaker says the decision to reduce American production has to do with uh, re- uh, has to do with overall strategic shift towards more popular crossover and SUV models. Wow. They said that the, uh, the automaker the automaker says that the decision to reduce the uh, production has to do with the demand for cars like Chevrolet Cruze, which is built at a Ohio plant, and other. Um, SUV crossover models like that, which I, I, I don't really care for those cars, by the way, <laughs> but to say that this is going to be the reason why, since those cars are the ones that, you know, they want to, they, you know, people really want these days, we're going to cut 14,000 people because people want those cars. That doesn't seem, seem very smart. Or maybe I'm just not, I'm not, since I'm not an operations manager at GM, maybe I don't know. Maybe they can't, you know, transform the plants to make other cars or, you know, or something like that. Like what, what, what the heck? So you're, you're talking about 8,000 white collar and poorly employees are going to be fired and 5,900, uh, blue collar employees are going to be fired and these costs doesn't stop there they're dealing with other uh with other 
salary issues, trying to lower people people's salary and trying to change uh, how they pay their workers. I mean, there's a crap ton of things that are happening because this company has been hit with this terrible, terrible thing that we call the the trade war between Trump and China. And if you and if you're on if you're really like a, a Trumplican or you know someone who really enjoys Trump, which I like Trump, I'm not gonna lie, I dig Trump uh, on some points. But this is a terrible idea. You have to call it out where you see it. That this is just one of the dumbest things ever to think that if you're going to raise, you know, tariffs, uh, taxes on, on on China, on Chinese goods that come in and out of the United States, and they're going to do the same. That this is somehow going to economically smooth out. That this is going to help the people of the United States. Once again, another another attempt by Trump to try to save the world that is failing on a big scale, failing. And we should be mad and we should be trying to stop this. But uh, you know how the masses go. They love them some Trump. So what do we do when a mother says that their six-year-old son is a transgender and their dad disagrees? And now the father might lose his rights to see his son. Now, before we get started, obviously, I, I always get mad about these situations because when it comes to, you know, parents splitting up and having a kid, the woman seems to always, always get the side of the kid. You know, they always get the kid for some reason, and which leaves a lot of fathers out of the picture, which makes me extremely mad just on that part alone. But this story is just a little bit more interesting than just, hey, the woman's going to get the child and the father's not, because we have to talk about being transgender. Now, a Texas father is fighting for his son in court after pushing back on his ex-wife's claim that their six-year-old is a transgender girl. According to to court documents, the young boy only dresses as a girl when he's with his mother, who has enrolled him in first grade as a female named Luna, and the father, however, contends that his son consistently chooses to wear boys' clothes and violently refuses to wear girls' clothes at home and identifies a boy when he's with him. Okay, so let's let's just talk about this first part here because obviously this is something that a lot of parents and a lot of people um, was was hinting at was going to start happening this this trend of placing our kids in a position where they're having to decide what their gender are what who you know what gender they may be or what gender they may want to be in in most cases right so why are we doing this to our kids? Why exactly are we saying, hey, you six-year-old kid who are, who is just now seeing life, who is just now getting ready to go uh, into the public sphere in the school and starting to do more activities uh, as a kid, let's interject you with some crazy-ass philosophy and this really huge decision at age six years old, Right? I mean, come on. I have nothing against trans, if people want to be a transgender. If you, if you want to be a girl and you're a boy, that's fine. If you want to be a boy and, and you're a girl, that, that's fine. I could care less. But what I do care about is when we start giving our kids adult decisions and at a very early age, like you've got, you guys, I'm sure you've guys seen that kid who likes to dress drag, you know, and all that stuff. I I'm sure in the future, he will probably have a little bit of problems, uh, you know, mentally and, and whatnot because of all the stuff and the craziness that he's being gone through, that he's going through with the celebrity, with the celeb, with, you know, the kind of celebrities coming at him and him dealing with all this drama and the kid only being about 12 years old. And we're talking about a six year old kid in Texas, let alone, who is having to be involved in a fight with his parents with one side saying, yes, he can be a transgender and one side saying, no, he's not. He doesn't want to be a transgender. And both parents, of course, in a terrible situation when parents split are fighting over this, this, this crazy argument. The federal, the federal uh, reports that the mother had accused the father of child abuse in the divorce proceeding for not affirming James as a transgender and is looking to strip the dad of his parental rights. She is also seeking to require him to pay for the child's visit to a transgender affirming therapist and a transgender medical uh, alterations, which may include hormonal uh, sterilization starting at age eight. My God, my, my, my God. 
are, are <laughs> am I am I the only one here that is seriously disturbed by this? Are, are are we seriously as a society going to going to just let this kind of stuff slide? Okay, so this woman, since the father doesn't believe that this kid, this kid should be deciding whether or not he wants to be a boy or girl at age six, is basically being sued and trying to get and his and the ex-wife is trying to get his parental rights taken away from him over this bull crap saying that he abused him because he didn't uh, he didn't want his child to be a freaking uh you know to 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 for his child to think that he's a he's a girl sure you know i mean i hope all parents are like you know hey jimmy i'm sorry you can't be a liar today hey jimmy no i'm sorry you're not a plane you're a human jimmy hey stop it jimmy you cannot be pennywise it's not halloween you're a boy my god like <laughs> like, like are we are, are we are we serious here right now is this is this a real thing that we have to talk about with our kids right? Is this a serious thing that we have to say, hey, little Johnny, do you want to be a boy or girl today? What pants do you like wearing? What clothing do you want to put on today? That's what we should be talking about a six-year-old. Instead of educating them, instead of teaching them life skills, this is an issue. If someone wants to grow up, I get it, you know, maybe if they were closer to a teenager, if he was, you know, maybe 16 or 17, I'd be like, hey, man, I don't really care if you wear a dress to school. I don't really care if you paint your nails. All right. You can you can live that life. But when you're 18, you can then get all the procedures that you want to because you're a full fledged adult in our society. So you can do whatever you want. And I'm not and I'm not advocating to say, hey, let's use our parenthood to make sure we, we, we take our kids and submit them and make sure they know that they're a boy or that they're a girl. No, all I'm saying is this is an issue that we really should not be putting on a kid, that we should be letting this kid develop and grow up and see what this kid likes and stop trying to use the law and force somebody else to pay for something that is completely and utterly crazy. This is crazy. You're talking about a six-year-old kid that's about to be placed if his mother wins in, in a transgender transitional therapist's office and get him medicine ready to sterilize some of his hormones and make sure to get ready to you know possibly snip snip cut his little thing off like guys are you kidding me the father said that he collected testimonies from parents of his son's friends and church leaders who say they've only seen the six-year-old identify as a male saying the boy's pastor uh, said that based on three occasions that he spent with him, uh, he acts and looks unmistakably like a healthy six-year-old boy. And other people, like his teachers, have also said that he uh, acts like a young man. If they diagnose this kid, right, with uh, with gender dysphoria, and they start this treatment, and he goes down this 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 long path that many other people have been down and have been mentally disturbed and have suicidal thoughts or have acted on the thought and has done crazy things to themselves at a young age such as this this is wrong people like i said i am not advocating that people who want to uh you know you know be a you know claim that they are a girl or claim that they're a boy are wrong that's an adult decision this is not a child decision this is not something we should be putting on to our kids as a society like i said the the whole the whole transgender gender thing as i said before in other episodes it's now becoming more and more uh of of a of a way that people want to force it on to people and the way to do that is to do it through our kids and i think that's wrong if you want to be that way do it as an adult right do it on your terms, not on whether your mom thinks it or your dad thinks it, only if you think it. And I think at that time, as an adult is the right time, not as a six-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, okay? There's a difference between wanting just to wear female clothing or be really feminine. There's plenty of men who are highly feminine. That's okay. There's plenty of women who are highly masculine. That's okay. And at that age, when you're an adult and you can make your own decisions as an individual, make them how you choose, but at least allow the kids to grow up. 
and see the world and do what they want. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Thoughts over here, thoughts over there, thoughts on the internet everywhere. Thoughts, that hoe over there as a common term that a lot of men likes to use is now on the trending list. That's right, hashtag thought audit. Now, what are we talking about? What can we be going nuts about over the internet? So apparently online sex workers have been attacked uh, by a campaign by men's rights activists and right-wing incels that seeks to report them to the authorities for failing to declare income. Uh, so they're basically declaring that these women who are, are getting receiving money uh, are being reported to the IRS by a lot of these men activists that are online. Now, wait, 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 wait. Alex. You've been, you've been placed in categories such as taxations is theft and, and taxes that you want to limit taxes and things like that. Of course I have, but do I think that these women should be paying taxes on their services? Well, yes, absolutely. Because sex work is a job and it's a good job in my personal view. But here's the thing. Let's dive in a little bit before we get to get to that point. So over 100 thoughts uh, just got reported to PayPal by someone using the ThoughtBot database. It's a wannable Sherlock. It's a wannabe Sherlock Holmes. And apparently what people do, what these women are doing, are they're using these Snapchat premium accounts and these Twitch accounts, which says, hey, you have to pay a certain amount, whether it's $5, $10, $20, to receive certain photos of them nude or doing some kind of sexual act to themselves. Now, I have no problem against that. If that's how you want to use your body, girl, you go ahead and do it. And boy, dude, you definitely go ahead and do it. There's absolutely no problem with that. But I guess the problem occurs with most people if they're paying their taxes. And I'm on the side of, yes, they should be paying their taxes. Do I think the taxes should be outrageous? Absolutely not. In my mind, I want the lowest taxes possible. But I do fear that this will damage the sex working community if these women aren't actually reporting the money that they're making. And that's just my little 10 cents, my little tiny 10 cents. But the real big thing, the real big thing about this story is, is whether men are doing this because of the taxes or because they are angry about these women taking advantage of the platform, of the platforms that they are using. Now, we can care less here at the Classical Liberal about whether or not you decide to, uh, you know, pay your taxes. I would want everyone to report their taxes correctly and maybe one day reduce the IRS and reduce taxes, of course. But this is kind of silly because you need more information to report these women for one, you need more information to report these women like their social security number and a whole bunch of other information and to actually put in a report that they are actually, uh, you know, dodging the IRS. And at that, people have been like, well, it has to be 6000 or $5,000 they have to make. No, it's it's merely 400 bucks that you have to make in order uh, to be t- to be caused as to be dodging the IRS, which most people are not dodging the IRS. And most of these women have already said online that they are, in fact, paying uh, their taxes and claiming this as income as a, as a responsible person normally would do. But yet men are still angry and reporting these women and creating this false sensitivity of that, you know, they, that, that these women are obviously getting money um, and not paying taxes. And most men are angry because of the whole they're using Twitch and Snapchat. Now, I don't really understand why, you know, men are so angry about this. You know, if, if you or you are so mad. Are you because, is it because you're one of the men who are actually paying for this service, who are actually giving these women money and you're just jealous they won't send you any more pics or, or, or or is it because you really care about platforms such as Twitch? You know, Twitch was something that people love to use for gaming, but a lot of these newer gamers, these, these female gamers have been using it to their advantage where they're wearing, you know, very, you know, no clothing and, you know, showing a nibble or two while, you know, accidentally playing a game and jumping up and down, which is 
okay. I have no problem with that. That's just how it goes. And obviously, Twitch doesn't really have much of a problem with it because these a lot of these female gamers and people who are using the platform are not getting banned. My thing is right now, I feel like everybody's panties are in a bunch, especially those who are on the side that these women should be kicked off uh, of, of, of Twitch and Snapchat. I disagree. I think I, I think we need to reevaluate what's going on here. I think there are a lot of men who are jealous, and I think this is a revengeful a revengeful campaign against women out there. I honestly think so because who cares if they're not paying taxes? A lot of people don't pay their taxes now, but you care about whether or not they're showing their boobs and making more money than you and getting more views than you. Of course, they're going to get more views than you. They're hot. They're doing their thing. What do you expect? And if that's what they want to do, they should be able to flaunt that and. Same thing with men. If they have a sexy body and abs and and all that nice stuff, and they want to flaunt it in front of a whole bunch of female peak, uh, female viewers, let them do so. I find nothing wrong with that. Sex work is completely honest work, and I think it should be used to that person's advantage, especially if they have the body and and the patience to maintain that kind of work and the safetyness. So let's let's stop arguing about the taxes part, and let's start talking about how men are are being complete assholes about this situation yes so what they're using twitch don't go to twitch and and watch that show so what they're using snapchat don't pay for it you fucking idiot how hard is that let's stop complaining about this stuff guys like it's it's literally it's not like it's being shoved down your throat you can literally go to the gamers and go to what games you want to play you can literally find what you want to find and watch why are we blaming the women who want to dress half naked because they're getting more views than you? Of course they're going to get more views than you. They're half naked. <sighs> but at the end of the day, what I want these women to get uh, to uh, to you know make sure the IRS and make sure they put their taxes in. Yes, it's it's income. Should they be judged by it? No, it's honest work and it's work with their body. Should men calm down and those thirsty men who's continually out there complaining about this online, should they should they shut the hell up and move on with their day and just click literally use the click mouse button to move to the next thing? Yes. I'm tired of hearing the whole thought thing and I kind of wish it would just go away cuz it's it's seriously ridiculous. We got better things to talk about than thoughts. Hope you guys are enjoying the show and liking some of the content that we have for you today. When we get back from the break, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Russia, we got to talk about this gunman in Alabama, and of course, we're going to talk about, was I wrong about this whole migration invasion kind of thing, or migrant invasion uh, situation. So I will see you after the break. Stay tuned and don't miss a second. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. But I have to give a shout out to my sponsors at Recuro.org. Recuro.org is a liberty-loving website that promotes liberty articles, videos, and podcasts. So, why don't you go down to Recuro.org, that's R-E-C-U-R-O.org, and give some support. And if you're a liberty lover and you make liberty content, Go ahead and submit your content on the website, and then maybe you'll see your stuff on the site next to mine. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. Hey guys, check our show out at the 405 Media, a radio station that you can find anywhere on the internet or on your radio, which streams our show at 11 p.m. every single day. So check it out, the 405 Media Dot com. You won't be disappointed. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I appreciate your guys' time and patience with us here at The Classical Liberal. But even with that time and patience, we still need your help sharing our content, liking and following, and helping us grow our community. So if you don't mind, go over to YouTube or Facebook or even SoundCloud and subscribe to our page, as well as sharing our content and liking it. And of course, here at The Classical Liberal, we really want constructive criticism. So please send us back your feedback about the show and things that you would like to see and things you don't want to see, because here at The Classical Liberal, we aim to please, at least entertainment-wise. So thanks for listening, and we'll get back to the second half of the show.
I'm not a writer. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, to the second half of the Classical Liberal Podcast. I'm so happy to have you guys still here and still kicking with us. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Guys, I um, I got a story to tell you. Something that happened this week uh, on Sunday uh, that has that kind of got me mind boggled. And that kind of sends that, that war vibe getting ready to hit us very very soon and it's it, and i i, I want to say i'm scared but i do want to say that i i'm i'm not too optimistic about uh where this might be headed to so if you guys don't know russia has fired on and sees three three navy vessels off of crimea off of the crimea um Mirian peninsula uh in a major escalation of the tensions of the two countries, Ukraine and Russia. So you guys remember the Ukraine crisis with uh, when Ukrainian, uh, you know, people were you know getting shot and they were trying to, you know, their 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 president or prime minister, whatever it was, they were trying trying to become more like Russia and and basically be another state for Russia. Um, and you know, the Crimean people, some of them, many of them want to join Russia, many of them don't. And of course, this whole tension of whether or not Russia should seize this land and go in and help the people and help the government, since the government wants to be with russia um you know th- that whole tension thing has started but now apparently two gunboats and a tug were captured by russian forces and a number of ukrainian crew members were injured um and each of course each country blames each other for the for the incident and on monday the new uk uh, ukrainian uh mps are due to vote on declaring martial law so this is crazy. This is this is this is growing. This is something that has been happening for a while now and that we that we need to to be aware of. We need to talk about this because there are tensions of Russia just like they did to Georgia uh going in and attacking and taking lands as as their own as Russia wants to grow and expand. And you know, I'm not saying that, you know, United States don't want to do it. We just do it in a different way, but Russia literally wants to send their army in and and, and capture cities and take control, especially if they think this state who they believe to be a state that is you know under you know under fire that it's under this kind of risk of of going really really bad like the regions in middle east uh become a failed state you know they want to go in and try to save it and take it apparently i mean of course that's why russia views it they as themselves as the savior and a lot of other uh, ukrainian uh citizens don't see them as that see them as the invaders so we have two sides two uh a certain kind of weird thing happening right now. And the question is going to be entertained of whether or not the U.S. is going to get involved. Obviously, when Obama was in office, uh, U.S. was highly involved. But now that Trump is in office, we can probably see the Russian government um, move ahead and try to take, you know, Ukraine. Um, and I, I just don't, I can't, I can't tell you how how crazy that sounds, right? Since during a meeting the Ukraine's uh, Ukrainians National Security and Defense Council, the President Petro uh, Poroshenko described the Russian actions as unprovoked and crazy. Russia has requested an emergency meeting of the UN uh, Security Council, uh, which the U.S. Ambassador U- uh, Nikki Haley uh, says has been called for 11 o'clock New York time um, on Monday yesterday. So. There hasn't been really much of an update from it, and there hasn't been really much of a uh, consensus of what they're planning on doing. But the fact that this is happening, and the fact that Russia is moving on these on the on ships and on Ukraine, um, should be very alarming to the to the you know to the global community. And I guess we're kind of gonna gonna see. Uh, what are they going to do? What are, what are they, you know, what are they planning on doing if they're going to continue to do it? Russia has been keeping up by uh, scrambling more uh, fighter jets and, and scrambling more ships out to the area um, over there near the peninsula. 
and they continue to uh, hold drills. So we are going to really see what's what's going to happen here, right? We're really really going to see uh, who's responsible, who's the who's the actual danger in the actor. Which I think Russia is probably the danger <laughs> in this case. I think Russia is definitely the danger in this case. But this is something that I, I just I saw and I thought to let everybody know because it's been kind of swept under the rug for some reason, and a lot of people haven't been talking about it, which. I find kind of weird. The police at their best once again, killing a young black man in Alabama. Uh, Emantic Bradford Jr. was a young man who died because the police shot the wrong guy. Now, let's wrap this around our heads for just a moment. A young black man who has a gun, who is licensed to have a gun, a veteran at that runs back where he heard the shooting and ends up getting shot by the police. How crazy is that? How crazy is it that a man that wants to, that has apparently served his country and a man who is licensed to carry a gun, I know a black man licensed to carry a gun, runs back into trouble to try to help others, but ends up getting shot by the police officer. And before all this even shook off and everyone figured out the story, the police officer was being praised as heroic, as this man of honor who went in and protected people. While I will say mistakes were obviously made, the fact is they didn't have their story right before releasing automatically on that same night that the gunman was down and they figured out what happened. It had to be days after to figure out that this young man was shot because he was most likely because he intensified the situation. Let me just let me just read off what they had to say. We regret that our initial media release was not totally accurate, but new evidence indicates that it was not. We remain committed to maintaining the integrity of this investiga- investigation, helping determine the facts involved and assessing the LEA and their efforts. My God. Really, that's your statement? That's how it is. They say, we can say with certainty that Mr. Bradford uh, brandished a gun during seconds following the gunshot, which instantly heightened the sense of threat to approaching police officers responding to the chaotic scene. The statement from the city of Hoover and the police department says, guys, wow. Not only did they destroy this man's name in the first few minutes of of the shooting, right? The very first few hours of the shooting, this man's name is already on the news, and people are like, oh yeah, he's a shooter. And then they turn around and say, well, no, 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 he's not the shooter. We're sorry. He just he just tried to help us. Uh, he tried to go back in and, and, and save some lives and help us take out this guy uh, that was hurting other people, and uh, we shot him. We shot him. It's all good. No worries about it. And then they give out this crappy this crappy apology to the family. Well, if he didn't have a gun, we wouldn't have shot him. You know what? I seriously wonder if it would have been a white guy, would they have shot him? I seriously wonder, right? Because this cop was undercover. He was not wearing a uniform, by the way. So I'm guessing his police buddies could have shot him. We'll see. Probably not. It's ridiculous, guys. It's so ridiculous. And this gunman is apparently still at large. And this young man's life is gone. One who served his country. One who was trying to go back in and save other people. But yet now he is gone. The the police department is just kind of sweeping under the rug. Oh, we're sorry. He intensified intensified the situation. So it's not really our fault. Sorry. Are you kidding me right now? Is that is that what we're doing these days? Is that is that how we police these days? Are police not able to to you know figure out the situation and what's going on? Are they too are they too scared? Like what's going on when it comes to policing? Right? That we automatically, oh, there's a black man, he has a gun, he must be the shooter, kill him. Or can it not be someone trying to defend themselves? Is that not what we have the guns for? Right? And then I'm seeing on Twitter and I'm seeing everywhere else, and they're talking about, you know, well, this is why he shouldn't have had a gun. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is why that young man should have had a gun? For people to have the audacity to say that this man, uh, you know, it was his fault that he died because 
he pulled out a gun during a police shooting, during a shooting at the mall. It was his fault. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy and wrong. That is so disturbing that you would even suggest the fact that he intensified the situation, that the police officer did not have enough ability to assess the situation and know, oh, he's probably not the gunman. He's probably not the one that's shooting at me right now. And just go ahead and kill a black man because he had a gun. These are the same people that the left want to give guns to. These are the same people that the left depends on to say we should give all of our guns and all of our protection to the police. When this kind of crap happens, does it not make you wonder? Really? All the minorities out there who vote for Democrats, who want the police officers to have these weapons. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Because it seems to me they don't give a crap still. Minorities are still getting shot by police officers. Still basic assumptions are being made because they're black. This is ridiculous. This is not how policing works. And damn those who decide to use this as a, as a political rhetoric to take guns away from people and saying that he shouldn't have had, had never had a gun. You guys are absolutely out your mind. There's seriously something wrong here. There's seriously something wrong here. And the solution is better policing. The solution is better training, better awareness to be a police officer and not hiring anybody and their granddaddy off the street. This man is not heroic. He took a life because he failed to analyze the situation. He took a young man's life who was trying to help the man, a young man who's been helping for a very long time because he served his country. No criminal records. Grade A student. Community helper. Dead in Alabama. That, my friends, is an issue. Okay, okay, okay. So... The U.S. Border Patrol has started to use tear gas. And matter of fact, they used it 26 times in 2012, 27 times in 2013, and even three times in 2016. Jesus, Mr. Trump has been using tear gas for years. Oh, wait a second. That was the Obama administration. Oh, my God. And Trump has just used tear gas on this caravan this past weekend and the media and the left is up in arms but you forget you forget the times that president obama and his administration had to use the same chemicals that are being used today or this past weekend at the border now this is ridiculous I want to go ahead and fan this out to all my lovely leftist friends and bullshitters. It's the same thing. I don't know if you notice. It's literally the same thing. Obama and Trump were both very much for border security. Yes, that's right. Obama, especially back in 2008 and on his little run for the for president, he was very much on border control and people coming in using the right way just like Trump is and just like me, which I agree for people to come in the United States the correct way, not rushing the fence, not climbing, not throwing rocks, not sneaking over a riverbed or anything like that, going through the right port and going to the going through the right process to get asylum here in America. But let's talk about what happened on Sunday, since the media and all my leftist friends are like, oh, Trump are hurting women and children, because as you can see from the photo, that, you know, that's what Trump loves to do. He loves hurting those men and women and children. On Sunday, the U.S. agents closed a major border crossing and fired tear gas on migrants attempting to cross into the U.S. from Tijuana. Okay, these migrants, many of who was part of the caravan from Central America, asylum seekers, were protesting the slow pace with which the U.S. has been processing asylum claims. Okay, many people say that at first the peaceful the protest was very peaceful, and then witnesses uh, in the events of Tijuana said that many people began to get violent, which started which made the Mexico Federals, the Federales, I think that's what they call them, <laughs> uh, arrest about 98 people in the U.S., arresting about 42 people with women and children. Now, 
where do where can I where can I start on this? Because I made it I made a video about was I wrong about the migrants being an invasion? Uh, yes, I, I I am still right that this is not an invasion. These are people trying to seek asylum that are very angry and that are trying to get into the country. Are they invading us? Do they have guns and bullets and knocking over our, our border? No, they, they don't have that. So I don't consider that an invasion. I, I consider that people who do not want to wait the process and jumping over the fence, which should be automatically taken back to the beginning and make sure they go to the proper way. Now, people are protesting because the process is so slow. And of course, the process is going to be so slow. You're talking about 3,000, 2,000 people going through multiple ports of entry, trying to get into the United States and then going through the process. I mean, my God, do, does, does anybody not understand that there has to be a process? There has to be a process to get into the United States. They're going to spend a good 30 to 90 days waiting on this process for background checks to make sure that they're okay. They're not wanted by any other criminals or any other organization that's beyond, you know, the United States borders. So of course there's going to be a process for these people to come in. Not only that, if these asylum seekers were really seeking asylum from their country, why didn't they go to like Venezuela, which of course is closer, it's a socialist country, you have everything you want, you get it for free, or why did they not go to Mexico when Mexico was giving them jobs for different farm areas, manufacturing companies, homes, water, food, why are they Why are they all, all of a sudden coming here? They have easier places to get to that is closer to their culture to even come here. But no, they want to come to America, which I get it. America is the greatest country on the, on the planet Earth. But the fact is that you have to still do it in a legal manner, in a right way. We're sorry that the process is slow. I am truly sorry. I want them to reform the system of asylum and make it easier for people to come over. I truly want that. But as of right now, we haven't gotten that far. And not only haven't we gotten that far, there is a lot of people trying to come in every single day since this event has happened. And it takes time for people to get processed. And even Mexico, even the incoming administration for the Mexican, Mexican government is working silently with Trump, of course, to have a lot of those people stay in Mexico and stay there until they are able to get processed through. And a lot of different things are being worked out in the background that we have been yet to see. But am I wrong that this is an invasion? Am I wrong about this is not an invasion? I don't think I'm wrong at all. I do see people who are hurt and trying to find a better lives that are really angry um, that we just don't let people over our borders, which is unfortunate for them. But we have processes. We have laws in place that will protect us and protect them and allow them a passage, a way, a legal way to come into the board and come into the United States, which there should be no issue. But when you're hitting the fence, when you're throwing rocks, when you're trying to use your children as shields and things like that, that's when problems get complicated because we don't want that and nor do we need that. And why are you putting your kids through something like that? Because you know, you know, the you knew the response before it even happened. So don't let's not play the sympathy card and all that crap. Let's take this as a logical step. Don't climb the fence. Don't throw rocks. Don't try to hit the border control agents because that's a good way to get arrested and not into our country. But that's just my little 10 cents on the subject. You know, sometimes I, I wonder to myself, what is going on with our country lately here? Like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing these days? What are we... Why are we so focused on a lot of this just craziness news that just won't matter years from now? That people literally spend their lives worrying about it. You know, like the thought story and and some other online celebrity crap and things like that. It just I don't understand why people are so focused on those issues. You know, we have liberties being infringed on we have people being thrown in jail for non-violent crimes we have you know a crisis of people wanting to come to make their lives better here in america but yet we aren't focused on those things the majority of people are not focused on those things and it drives me nuts it drives me insane and i kind of hope um that you guys kind of just think about this week of a lot of the craziness that we see in our lives, a lot of the craziness that we see 
uh, around the United States that are extremely childish, that are extremely just not important. But yet we focus on them. But yet the media focus on them. And I just find it completely ridiculous. But thank you guys for tuning in to episode 11 of the Classical Liberal Podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the new format. Going to try this out for a couple more weeks. And I hope you guys uh, do the best you can this week. And expect to see me back on Monday um, for another episode of the Classical Liberal Podcast. You guys have a fantastic week. And I'll be seeing you soon.